And our guest in the studio for the next hour is the mayor of Chattanooga, Tim Kelly. And he joins us usually once a month here to discuss city matters and city affairs. Any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like to voice with the mayor, all you have to do is call us or text us right now at 267-1023. Mayor Tim Kelly, great to have you back in the studio. Great to be back. Good to see you. You're just coming back. We were just talking about this before we came live on the air, but uh, you're just coming back from a visit to the White House. Yeah. All the holiday decorations and everything. Great honor to be invited and to represent Chattanooga. And uh, it, it, uh, it, it was. First time I'd ever uh, done that, and it was, uh, it was a sight to behold. First time at the White House. Oh, no. No, I've been up there a few times for okay. infrastructure and workforce development uh, issues right. and, and, a, and a bill signing. But, uh, you know, first time to be invited to this whole the holiday party thing. They do quite a lot of these, a lot of mayors, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, uh, state reps and, and politicians up there. And okay. uh, it was, uh, you know, just a up and back, but it was uh, it was beautiful. So I was going to ask you, was there like a business purpose to that trip? Or it, it sounds like the White House, when they do the holiday decorations, they just invite people from across the country, mayors, people they like do. that? They and, do. And again, I, you know, I, I went on my uh, own dime because my wife had never been and <laughs> wanted to see the decorations. And that right. part of it is is a, uh, it's just, it's beautiful. And um, frankly, I don't really go in for the social stuff so much. But uh, I, when I mentioned uh, to my wife that we were invited, she's like, oh, we're going. So right. uh, that was that. But it was a good opportunity to represent Chattanooga. You know, we've, we've gotten a lot of infrastructure money from, uh, from D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and obviously that's something that we continue to do. We punch above our weight in that respect, uh, both for transportation projects, for, for workforce development, for yeah. other forms of infrastructure. And so, you know, it's good uh, to shake hands and remind, sure. them, remind them we're here and that we have needs. So. Uh, I've never even done, like, the official tour of the White House. Now, I'm wondering in I your case... I haven't either, actually. Okay. <laughs> no. Now, in your case, as a mayor, as an invited guest of the White House, do you get kind of like a behind-the-scenes tour, some of the other places that others don't get to see? What What is that like? No. I mean, okay. I, the, now, the first time I ever went up there, I went with a new group of mayors, and mm-hmm. we were in the West Wing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, meeting with... Uh, uh, cabinet officials and things like that on infrastructure, uh, how how the the whole uh, IIJA would work and how, you know, we would really need to put all this money to work in American cities. There are a lot of cities in the administration, a lot of, a lot of I'm sorry, uh, former city mayors in that administration. So they understand that mayors get things done uh, and that if they're going to, you know, put this infrastructure money to work, it will be through through cities. So that, that time uh, was actually in the West Wing and got to kind of walk through the Oval Office and that was very cool. But other than that, no, I've never had sort of an official tour. Speaking of accommodations, why don't we start today's conversation with the latest on the budgetel? Because uh, we had Hamilton County Mayor Weston Womp in the studio with us yesterday, and uh, we do know that there was an agreement between the city mm-hmm. uh, and the county to provide fifty thousand dollars each to help house uh, some of the people who were displaced there. We have not spoken to you uh, since that displacement occurred. Uh, your overall thoughts on what was going down at the budgetel, um, how the process was handled, and where are we now? What is the city's role when it comes to assisting these people? Well, look, I, I mean, I think I think everybody would agree at this point that it could have been handled better um, to simply, you know, put a bunch of people on the street just before Christmas uh, is, is not a good thing. I was proud of the way the community came together and reacted, and we've talked since then about putting together a little bit of a SWAT team in case this needs to happen again. It can it can be addressed uh, in a in a more fluid, uh, rapid way. 
But um, look, you know, Eastridge doesn't have an office of homeless and supportive housing services. Chattanooga does. And Chattanooga is going to be the one that deals with this problem one way or the other, unfortunately. Uh, Hamilton County, although they do contribute significant funds, uh, and and they they notably run the uh, homeless health care center down on 11th Street, so they are involved. Uh, and Mayor Womp seems interested in getting more involved uh, in helping to solve this problem. We in the city of Chattanooga um, have that, for better or worse, uh, responsibility. And so, look uh, again. I think City Council and and Commission are the ones who jointly did this, but they I think wisely saw that <laughs> that we we cannot put. Uh, it, look, it's a terrible to have this many people displaced. At all, uh, I understand the issues with the hotel, and I'm, uh, I'm, you know, hopeful that those will be addressed. Uh, again, the the real structural problem here is that we don't have enough housing. When we've got people living in hotel rooms for permanent housing, uh, that is the issue, very frankly. So again, we're hard at work on the long term fix, not the band aid of creating more affordable housing. But that that takes time. In the meantime, I was proud of of council and commission for putting up that money to make sure we don't put you know 122 households including over 100 kids uh you know on the street at christmas time we 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 spend so much time talking about housing it's a topic that comes up all the time when we have you in the studio here i thought it was interesting you know just uh, last week the city council again was extending that moratorium on non-owner occupied yes short-term vacation rentals and, and and we did kind of tie the two together because it does seem to me you know one nice thing you see in Chattanooga a lot of development yes a lot of fancy gleaming new townhomes going up in in all parts of the city mm-hmm. where there used to be vacant parking lots and yes that's a good thing it is but it does seem to strike us like you know a lot of people are kind of getting left out of that or left behind mm-hmm. there's a lot of great expensive housing coming but I can imagine from your perspective, when you see people living in squalid hotel rooms, yeah. not all of them being criminals, some of them being people who earn a paycheck and they just don't have more money right. to move into a nicer place. Well, for the readers out there, uh, there's a really great article in the, uh, in I think this month's Atlantic magazine called The Answer to Homelessness. And the answer to homelessness, of course, is housing, right? There have always been people with us, with mental health issues, with addiction issues, but typically they have a place to live. Uh, the problem, frankly, is that, again, we become a really attractive place to live, and pl- there is a correlation between places that have these you know, higher rates of economic growth. We've had people moving here elsewhere, and ultimately, right, the only reliable law of economics is supply and demand. And if we only have a fixed amount of housing, and frankly, we haven't made it easy enough uh, or attractive enough for people to build housing in Chattanooga, that's part of the, the ironic problem is that a lot of... Uh, a lot of places, frankly, a lot of places that lean left. If you look at what what happened in in, uh, in San Francisco, it was NIMBYs coming in saying no more housing, no more housing, you know. <laughs> and so you have a housing shortage, and you don't have enough places for people to live. Now, any housing, like if you sub- increase the supply of housing anywhere, market rate or otherwise, I'm glad there's all this market raising market rate housing is going up because it it works itself out. Older housing at that point. Uh, you know, maybe that landlord suddenly decides, maybe, you know, I'll accept a Section 8 voucher where I wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. If you supply, if again, if you increase the supply everywhere, you, you, you increase affordability everywhere. Now, that said, we will also, you know, have targeted programs to develop specifically uh, affordable housing. And, and again, we're hard at work on that. But but the problem is, is we don't have enough housing, period, right? I mean, that's the, that's the solution. And, and again, we're working both 
um, you know, on ways to make it easier for developers to develop um, and do more density, right? We don't need more sprawl. We need we need more. We need to be able to yeah. go up, and uh, and we need to make it attractive for developers to uh, develop affordable housing. On the issue of homelessness, how do you – I think I know where you probably stand on this or what your opinion is, but – um, since this entire budgetel mess, we've received so many messages from people who are on that side of the argument of we should be offering these people or demanding that they get jobs and make money, not be giving them handouts, not mm-hmm. be giving them free rooms. We had the district attorney on this show just last week, and you know some people argued that this is not her place to say this, but she stated quite clearly that you know I shut that place down. I asked that it be shut down because there was criminal behavior going on there. I do not like the fact that the city and the county, calling out her own brother, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. that the city and the county are stepping in and offering handouts to these people. They need jobs, not handouts. Yeah, well, the world's not quite that simple, is it? I mean, again, she's entitled to her opinion, but uh, we understand this, right? A lot of times they do need jobs. Of course they need jobs. But but the simplistic idea that sudden you know that that they're all just takers that they're just lazy and they're hanging I mean they they were paying thousand twelve hundred dollars a month to live in that place right uh, and if there's a criminal activity in the place and they should address that specific criminal activity we don't close neighborhoods because there's criminal activity in a neighborhood we we clo- we you know we address the problem at in in the smallest possible unit so look i'm not a you know a, a codes enforcement person i'm and i'm norm i'm somebody who likes to sort of litigate backwards but hopefully that situation will get straightened out i know the judge has been out there and seen it if they can get it reopened uh we the fact is we have this gap in our housing ecosystem technically people aren't even supposed to stay legally yeah. in residence hotels longer than 60 days and when they do uh you know what what i've suggested is they should they should if they're going to do that and, and we could create uh, at the state level perhaps or maybe through ordinance the provision to let them stay you know in, in a place longer than 60 days but we should they should register so we know how many kids are there how many people are there so that if if things do come apart at the seams as they yeah. did in this case we will know uh and i think mayor womp's main concern and, and frankly mine as well was you know the these kids that were there uh where do they you know uh ha- it's it, it just blows a hole in their lives, right? And their and their school uh, careers and 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 the whole nine yards, right? So we need to be able to uh, anticipate the issues and, and deal with them better. And we need again, we need more housing, and we need and we need transitional housing uh, that will allow people to to kind of uh, who who are in, in a bad situation to get back on their feet uh, and get the skills to reincorporate into life. Uh, and and then you know get a job and rejoin the workforce, which is what that permanent supportive housing at the airport in is intended to be. Between short term uh, vacation rentals, extended stay hotels, how big of a problem? Well, one of the things that sort of shocked me about the budgetel is 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 just when we come to find out that you know the the building is owned by some guy in Atlanta yeah. who probably has you know a dozen of these flop houses for lack of a better term yeah, doesn't care. Um, you know, it seems to me like the city council is concerned. Again, they, they've taken up this concern with short-term vacation mm-hmm. rentals. Is 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 the issue of absentee landlords, people who are just looking to make a buck, whether it be these private equity companies yep. who are snatching up houses, 
or these uh, you know business owners out of Atlanta who are just operating extended stay flop houses. Is that something that's on your radar? Very much so. Again, uh, I ran on a platform localism, and I think in terms of circular economy. So, right, a short-term vacation rental to me, the problem with them, the primary problem is uh, you're taking a house that might otherwise be rented uh, and taking it out of the pool of available housing stock. Um, and you're doing that. And the secondary issue is because if you look at the cash flows from, uh, I guess, essentially monetizing that and, and sure. you figure, you know, 150 bucks a night, 75% occupancy, it'll service. You can pay way more for that house as a short-term vacation rental than, than you would be able to for a normal rental uh, vehicle. So then that that pushes, a uh, rental house rather, so that pushes up, but that transaction price gets recorded and people go, oh, this house right. in, uh, in Eastlake just sold for $450,000. Well, and the only way in hell that that happened was because <laughs> they were going to STVR right. it, right? And so, but now everybody, you wonder why housing's not affordable. Yeah. Every, you know, that goes in as a comp and so an appraiser goes in and says, it's a $450,000 right. house. No, it's not. Not as a rental house, not as a normal house for people to live in. So to me, again, it, it has to do with the supply of housing stock. Now, as to the absentee, absentee piece, uh, 100%, right? Local landlords, it, it, it's hard. Well, it's been said many times. It's a great saying. It's hard to hate up close. And it's hard to treat people poorly up close. Uh, people that monetize real estate from you know far away and hire somebody and pay them 10% here, uh, a miserable gig to essentially have to be that guy's uh, shill. I, I'm, we're thinking of ways to um, both reward local ownership right, and, and right. sort of build buffers against, uh, you know, the worst form of that right. is, and this is happening, you know, is these private equity firms that come in and, and create these LLC shell corporations and buy up yeah. uh, housing. And then, you know, they've got spreadsheets that tell them down to the penny what they can uh, jack rent up to. And that's what they do. They're just milking that asset, and it is an asset for yeah. And the money's not staying in Chattanooga, is, uh, is my point. I get all that. Does that mean I can't buy a house in Hilton Head? Mm. Well, be, is, I'd, I'd be, it's up to Hilton Head. I, I understand, yeah. I understand but I, yeah. I just think we talk about out-of-town investment. Let's, let's not paint all these people as the devil. Well, they're, I, not, they're not the devil. The question is, what are they doing with it, and what, and what happens with the, with the money, right? If people want to reinvest that money uh, in the local economy, that's great. But if it's, but it's just to follow the money thing. If, if it is an investor who never sets foot in Chattanooga from New York or San Francisco, who's buying a house, literally taking it out of the market so nobody local can live here, taking, you know, most of the, of the, of the income that's coming is going to service the debt for whatever bank that's sitting in, which I, isn't I, in Chattanooga. I get all well, that, hold on, hold on, let me cut it. It's certainly legal. It is absolutely legal, but I'm saying we should, I, we, it's, I, when markets aren't functioning to the interest of people in that market, then it's government's job to modify the market so that it functions best for the people in the market. This is this is a good topic to stay on. So we're <laughs> we're just we're running out of time in this segment. So we're going to stay on this on this topic because there, there there's a lot of factors here. On the one hand, it's it's just free market. Yes, you know the yeah. market yes. operating the way it does. At the same time, there are local people who just can't afford right what's happening in the market. So yeah. all right. Our guest in the studio is Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly, and we have the mayor until 9.30. We're talking about issues of housing. We're talking about all sorts of issues. And just real fast, uh, Mayor Kelly, to get back to that issue. This arose because we're talking about the budget tell. We're talking about the people who are displaced from the budget tell. The greater 
topic of affordable housing. And it is, you know, I, if you'd like to take another moment to sort of expand on that last idea we were talking about, where when we look at the prices and the rates that are going up and up and up and up, it is true that the market bears that. Mm-hmm. But it depends on, you know, which market we're talking about. If we're building housing solely to appeal to to newcomers from New York and California and who knows where else, Nashville, um, locals will get left out of that, whether they like it or not, whether they care or not, because, you know, wages are not the same here as, as they are in other parts of the country. What you can afford is not the same here. And so to me, again, it's like the, the issue is not the free market. We're all in favor of a free market. But I guess don't be surprised if locals can't afford this and end up homeless. Yeah, well, two points. I mean, one, again, as I said before the break, you can't talk about affordable housing without talking about uh, the, you know, what, what's affordable. Part of that in, in baked into that uh, term itself is how much can you afford to pay? And we need to raise average wages. Uh, where Womp, Mayor Womp and I have talked a lot, and, and this is where you know we don't see eye to eye on everything, but we see the eye to eye completely on education, the importance of education, and the importance of closing the skill gap so that people can, uh, you know, uh, make more money and, and we can attract higher paying jobs. I mean, that's what we spend most of the time doing, working with the chamber to attract uh, those jobs. And then, uh, you know, again, you can't blame a developer for building market rate housing. No. I mean, you know, again, if you're going to spend the time and energy to go out there and you know, pour the concrete and, and uh, you know, build the framing and all that. Why would you not sell it for the most money you can? Well, look, as, it, a, yeah. as a homeowner, if a local offered me $100,000 for my home, it's a lot of state uh, developer offered me right. 500000 guess which offer I'm taking? Right. <laughs> well, that, and, and, and so that's not a bad thing. Back to the free market right. thing. Again, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Virginia, there is no Santa Claus. There's really not any such thing as a truly free market. Right, all markets are regulated. The question is whether they're wisely regulated or poorly regulated. When they're wisely regulated, it feels like a free market because people are able to compete within it. Uh, and again, as I was telling Jim at the break, it's it's like sports, right? You got rules and you got sidelines, and and it's government's job to paint the sidelines and make the rules. And just like the NFL has to tweak the rules every now and then to make sure it's fair to both sides, it, it's the same thing. So the STVR regulations, we 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 of course we want outside investors. Of course we want. People to move here from other places, but that doesn't mean we don't have to tweak things to make sure that it works for everybody. Two six seven one zero two three is our telephone line. Our guest here is Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. Two part question from one of these listeners: Do city employees get paid holidays every year? If so, why do the employees who have to work on these holidays not get any extra incentive while their coworkers are enjoying a nice paid holiday with their families? By the way, they tag this with, I already know the answer to question one. So it sounds like they're coming into this with a little bit of an agenda. Yeah, no, they probably are. <laughs> they do get uh, city employees. It, it, a lot of it depends on hourly or non-hourly or whether they're emergency or non-emergency. But, but yes, we have paid holidays. All right. Uh, let's see. We did want to talk about, um, well, I do want to talk about the latest with uh, the stadium development, a question that we had asked uh, Hamilton County Mayor Weston Womp yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a piece in the Times Street Press uh, two days ago, three days ago, I think the Sunday paper. Yeah. About uh, cost of building and inflation, the yeah. effect inflation could have on this project. So from the city's perspective, uh, where are we now? Are things in line? Are things on track? 
Yeah, they're on track. Again, the, the sports authorities meeting, they have not yet issued the bonds. And yes, inflation is an issue, but inflation is coming back down. We all know we've seen gas prices come back down. I looked at an index, a basket of goods, uh, everything from air travel. Uh, there are things that are coming back down quickly. So again, all the estimates right now are super inflated because they're pegged to what things cost today. Uh, but as the Fed continues to raise rates, uh, and get this sort of dragon of inflation back under control, those costs will come back down. So, and again, it, you know, uh, we'll, hopefully we can do a groundbreaking in the spring, but they won't start, you know, construction in earnest for quite some time. And by that time, I expect inflation will have come down quite a bit. Have we had discussions? We have had the mayor of the county, Weston, on this show several times. Uh, he has still been adamant in his original opposition to this project. Have you guys met about this? Has yeah. there been any sort of a smoothing over? No, absolutely. <laughs> no, he's not. I uh, don't think of uh, opposing it anymore. I think he uh, understands the necessity of it. We've talked about adding back uh, a few board members to the uh, Sports Authority Board to, to see the project along, and we've agreed to some uh, some modifications again that will that will both make it uh, you know we, we're we're negotiating a community benefits agreement and we've got a big commitment to education in this project and and in in all the major projects we've got coming up so uh, yeah we're in a much better place. Texter here asks, uh, well, ask the mayor why they can't pick up recycled items every week. We don't have a lot of garbage. We eat most of what we cook, but the packaging is what we like to recycle. Mm. Well, it's it's expensive, and very frankly, right now, uh, recycling is not very efficient. We're looking at other ways to do recycling. Uh, I would remind uh, the caller or the texter that we have recycling centers that you can take recycling to in between uh, the biweekly pickups. Uh, but um, hopefully, we'll, we will we're, we're talking to a company that will that will be able to turn three through seven plastics into building bricks and uh who knows we'll see if Three that works through out seven plastic yeah so again sorry a little little technical <laughs> like a one is a is a clear bottle like okay. a water bottle mm-hmm. two is like a milk jug uh, three through seven is a lot of other weird plastic. Like five is a, a yogurt cup, right? Hmm. I mean, I mean, all the stuff in the middle can't actually be recycled. It just gets taken to landfill. Interesting. So a lot of recycling is uh, is is misleading. Very frankly, I mean, again, we we've tried to use Chatter Matters to educate folks to use. Uh, you know, paper packaging if you want re- truly recyclable stuff. But, uh, again, we are, A, looking to modify the recycling program to be more logical, and, B, again, there are recycling centers that you can take a lot of stuff that they won't pick up curbside, curbside to. Uh, I use the one at Warner Park, but there are others uh, around town. Two six seven one zero two three. David is on line one. David, thanks for calling the show. Yes, thank you. I'd like to see how the mayor would expect people to get out of these hotels when my son's fixing to graduate high school and he's fixing to go out in a trade school and work for 15 to 17 dollars an hour your average rent is basically 800 bucks a month mm-hmm. plus utilities yeah. if you do the math that does not leave you hardly anything if you even got enough to pay for everything and so how do these people get out of the hotels when they have no education or anything that's uh, I'm with you. How do you expect them I'm, to pay for this stuff? I, listen, that's the crux of the problem, and that's why our <laughs> my job is pretty difficult. But so we have got a hundred million dollars set aside to incentivize affordable housing. So again, we just hired a new chief housing officer for the first time in the city's history. 
uh, a woman who came to us from New Orleans named Nicole Heyman, who was instrumental in rebuilding New Orleans post-Katrina. So that, I mean, again, that stuff takes time, but we are hard at work on that. The other part, of course, is workforce development. Uh, and congrats to, to your son for, for, you know, going through a trade program. We, it's a, the, the skills are desperately needed. I would imagine he'll be making a lot more money than that very quickly. Yeah. When we opened the Construction Trades uh, Career Academy, uh, the guy came down from the National, um, gosh, one of those acronyms, National Building <laughs> Association or National Association of Contractors, uh, and he said the average wage in the in the in the building trades now is like seventy five thousand bucks a year. Yeah. So um, you know he he's got a bright future ahead of him. And but but we are again. Listen, I we I'm not d- defending. Uh, we we need all the housing stock open and available that we can get at this point. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 agreeing with you. I th- again, I think the argument is as simple as the free market should allow people to build whatever housing the market can bear. Yes. But if we are only building housing, or most of the housing we're building is for Richie Riches from Atlanta, and New York, and Nashville who could come in here with 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 a lot of money, yeah. the kind of money that you cannot necessarily earn in this area. Well, don't be surprised if it pushes a lot of hardworking people. The guy who is making yeah. $17 an hour at the plant is not going to be able to afford what some tech kid from Atlanta who makes two hundred grand a year can afford. Yeah, so so look, I would say not all. Like the, the projects you see, the shiny projects, but there's a big project that will have a lot of work for what we call workforce housing, uh, which is affordable housing uh, down off South Broad, off 33rd, kind of behind uh, Channel 12 back there. It's not all super fancy stuff, although some, they are doing some of that. Uh, you know, we use some of our uh, American Rescue Plan dollars to, to, to help with this. There's a million and a half bucks that we're spending to preserve existing affordable housing, which is mm-hmm. also important. Um, there's $6 million that we're spending uh, uh, to increase availability of, of current affordable housing, which is a drop in the bucket of a hundred, the hundred million that we're going to be putting into play. And then of course, you know, pretty soon they're going to be um, working on uh, putting, putting, putting together the, the final touches on this West side of all projects, which is a lot of public housing, but will also include, include some market rate housing. Um, you know, and I would say, I, I put a plug in if anybody you know really wants to speak their mind on it. We've got a city survey open at the city, which is cha.city forward slash affordable dash housing dash survey. If you want to go in there and fill that out, uh, we need all the data we can get. But frankly, this is one where you know <laughs> uh, we're going to look at the survey results, but we know mm. what the problem is, right? Mm. Clearly. Two six seven one zero two three. That's our telephone line. And again, our guest here is Chattanooga Mayor Tim. Kelly, we have a few minutes left with the mayor. It's 921. Cal is on line one. Cal, you have a question or a comment for the mayor? Yes. Uh, other cities have tried thousands of venues to reduce the homeless population in their cities. But in a lot of these cities, the fact that you're going out and offering the, has done nothing but cause homeless people from other areas to come in. I, I really don't think there's going to be a cure for homelessness, no matter what we do or how much yeah. money we throw at the problem. Well, Cal, that's something. Thank you for the phone call. And, you know, Mr. Mayor, we talk about that on the show all the time. I think you would agree that, no, there is no cure for homelessness. I mean, the the best you can do is try to address it and mitigate it. The question is, all right, how do we do that? Yeah, I mean, it's just gotten a lot worse. I mean, certainly no reason to not try. 
I mean, we've gone from the average day. It used to be that, that uh, I mean, the goal was for homelessness to be uh, brief uh, and, and in passing, not permanent. We went from, you know, an average days on the street of like 30 to 200 and change during COVID. I mean, COVID just blew the doors off for whatever reason, uh, uh, everything. It was, uh, it was, you know, traumatic from a mental health and addiction standpoint, which didn't help. So, you know, look, we're, we're in the process now of trying to, um, just basically make the situation better, but you can't talk about it without, without housing. Housing, uh, is the answer, right? I mean, again, as I said at the top of the show, people have always dealt with addiction and mental illness, but they've been housed while they're dealing mm. with it. And if you're not housed and you're dealing with it, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. Elgin is online too. Elgin, thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Mr. Mayor, I know you ran your campaign on fix the potholes, but we're putting patches on top of patches. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't we shouldn't we take the time to cut those out square, go down four inches, put some sealer in, and then put the asphalt in and then have a small roller behind the truck and roll that patch in? Wouldn't that last a whole lot longer and save us a whole lot of money in the long run? Well, wait. Uh, thank you for your time. No, that's a good point. Well, no, Elgin, we, it, it sounds like we should have you on the job. Well, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He clearly <laughs> knows what he's doing. We are doing that, Elgin, uh, in places where it's appropriate. The problem is, again, I, I sound. I don't want. I never. I try to never complain. But but the, the backlog of how of, of 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 road work that we inherited was pretty staggering. So a lot of times, again, we filled 40,000 potholes or so thus far, and it's never meant to be a permanent solution. Uh, you know, again, we, we have now put up on the website our paving schedule for the next two years, and we're spending 10 million bucks a year to pave uh, and resurface, which is kind of halfway in between. What he's talking about is, is, is a patch, right, um, where we were spending three, three or four a year. So, so again... Can't happen fast enough. There's only so many paving crews, and inflation af- affects this as well. Uh, but the patches are better than nothing. But they're they're meant to be just that. Potholes are not meant to be permanent fixes. All right, we've got about two minutes left with the mayor. Let's try to rip off some fast text messages here. Uh, who do I need to speak to about long red lights on Highway 58? They're all time to turn red one after another. Well, that is one of my pet peeves, and and we are working on rewiring our uh, our traffic signalization system and make it uh, make the smart city truly smart. So uh, you know the cavalry's coming. I'll tell you, it's not a simple task, but uh, I'm, uh, red light timing could be better across the city. I think I know who this texter is. Jim, texter says, good morning. Happy holidays, gentlemen. Please ask Mayor Kelly if he can contact Santa Claus and see when the scenic scenic highway cleaning project mm-hmm. will take place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll call him. Okay. Right. <laughs> Santa Claus or the texter? Uh, the both both. Yeah. Uh, this texter yeah. just wondering if there's any plans to fix the bridge on Holtzclaw right before 11th Street. It's so bad that it'll knock your vehicle out of line going both yeah. directions. It's been like that for years. Recently went over it, patched it over, made it even worse. Yeah, I, I drive across it every day too, every single day, and it is an expansion joint over a railroad. Uh, crossing so it's not our bridge it's the railroad's bridge so we did patch that expansion joint and we'll 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 try to smooth it out some more but uh, i'm i'm painfully aware of it because i drive over it every day as well uh texter asked what was the name of that trade or tech academy that the mayor mentioned the construction career academy which Mm. is which is in the old garber school 
down on Glass Street, and it's a fantastic. Hmm. Uh, they take both adults, and uh, it's a feeder school for for Howard and East Ridge, huh. and it's one of the greatest things that's happened here in the last uh, few years. It just opened up a couple months ago.